right, well, welcome back to We Should Talk. I am JP, and across the table from me is Tina. Hi. On my left here is my wife, Julie. Hello. And over there running all the show here is Keetron. Hello. And uh, we're glad to be back. And uh, I kind of wanted to start things off this week asking Keetron and Tina to tell a story that they've told us before, but we thought it'd be fun to share uh, with our, our listeners on the podcast. And so uh, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about whenever y'all first met and uh, one of the ways that Keetron tried to impress Tina. Yes, I did try to impress her. And at first it did not work. I promise you it did not work. <laughs> I, I was after her. I mean, when I, when I saw her for the very first time, we were working at Walmart in Mount Pleasant. And the, the very first time I saw her, I really didn't even see her face. I didn't even see her face. I was just, wa- I was like walking like, you know, right where you come in. And she was doing some work and she was up on top of a ladder. And I looked at her the first time and I said, that's my wife right there. No joke. I said, that's my wife right there. So, but a lot of guys was telling her that I was looking at her and all that stuff. She wasn't, she wasn't after no one. I mean, she wasn't trying to give nobody a chance. And, and a lot of guys was after her. And I, I have to admit that a lot of guys was after her. So, and um, so I said, I know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to write her a song. And she knew even before all of that, that time, before I even, uh, you know, looked at her like that, there, she knew that there was another girl that was liking me. But I, I wasn't liking her because I was after Tina. So um, I, wrote, I wrote Tina a song. <laughs> and, it, you know, back then, you know, we were putting everything on CD. So I put the song on CD. Now, I have a quick question. Does this CD still exist somewhere? I, st- I still have it. Yeah. Yes, yes, I still have it. We, we may have yes. to play a little sample of that here for everyone I to hear. I still have that song. All right. We, and, we may have to do that in post. Okay. You add that in. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll so do we, that. We I'll get a that. taste of what this was, yes. that, this impressive song. Yes, that. yes, yes. Yo 
but this is what got it right here. This, this is. <laughs> oh my goodness, this made me. So, and I'm. King's you can't King's hardly just cackling over there. You can't. I know she's laughing. She know what I'm going to say. It it takes a whole lot to upset me. I'm just the kind of person that will not get upset about hmm. anything. I mean, it's very very. In this this particular day, I was upset. Okay, I write I write her this song. She took the CD. She went and gave the CD to another girl, to the girl that was liking me. And then the next day at work, the girl, I don't want to call her name. She came up to me. She said, oh, thank you for that song. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Tina gave it to me. And she told me that you wrote me a song. I said, you got to be kidding me. And then when I saw Tina, I said, Tina, why you do that? I didn't write her that song. I wrote this. She said, oh, and you know Tina's person. And she said, oh, I know. I know. I know it was for me, but I gave it to her. I knew she was liking you, so I was trying to hook y'all up. I said, hook us up. I said, I'm not liking her like that. I said, you're the one that I'm after. She said, well, I'm not looking for anybody. I don't want anybody, so. But apparently he wore you down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I must have bugged her and bugged her and bugged her. I mean, I wrote her songs. I was very nice to her. She thought I was one of those playboys. I sure did. That's that's the reason why she didn't want to give me a chance, because she thought I was like all the rest of the guys. Mm Mm-hmm. So as time went on, to make a long story short, as time went on, she finally gave in. <laughs> and we've been married for 21 years. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Now, Tina, how many guys wrote you a song and gave it to you? Um, none. They rapped a few times, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Sugar Hill Gang raps and stuff like that, you know. All right. But, uh. Not a song song. Not a song. Now, yeah. did you listen to the CD? Before? No. No, you never listened to it. I did not listen to it. And so when he gave it to you, what did he What did he tell you whenever he gave it to you? He had uh, told me to go, uh, when I get off, go home and listen to the CD. Yeah. And did you? And did it make I, it home? No. No. You gave it to the girl. Straight away. <laughs> <laughs> never even gave it a chance. I didn't. No. After you did finally hear the song, do you think that if you had given it a chance uh, before you gave it to the girl that you would have changed your mind? No. (laughs) I mean, it was was, was gorgeous. It was a sweet, real, real, real sweet song. But at that time, I was just sworn off. She just didn't, she didn't want nobody. Mm -mm. She didn't give nobody a chance. Mm. No. And like, like, as I was saying, once she finally gave in, oh, it was so many guys mad at me. They They were like, Man, we've been trying to get her also. How did you end up? Persistent. Yes, my, my sweet ways. I got some sweet ways. I had to prove that I was not like the other guys. Not just a flirt, not just. Right, Mm-mm. right. Yeah. I wasn't after anything. I, I really wanted her. I wanted her. And I, yeah, I treated him bad. And he still wanted it. So I was like, okay. I, I, I used to mellow him and make oh, fun of him. And, to, oh, my goodness. And he, he's come back for some more. But <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he, he was the one. God knew it. Yeah. Yep, God knew it. Look at us now. 21 years. Yeah, but I never years. listened to that CD until after. Okay, enough about us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never wrote a song for Julie. Oh, uh, no, but you... Wrote me some poetry at one point and did some artwork. Oh. I've done mm. a little bit of this and that. Every once in a while, the, 
creative spark hits me and I come up with something, but it's it's never been a song and I don't think she's ever handed it off to someone else. No. <laughs> <laughs> Right, for our topic this evening, we were going to discuss, I've seen this come up a couple of times in some online back and forth, you know, one of those really productive conversations you see on Facebook comments and that kind of thing where people are saying, why is it that we always have to bring up the past whenever anything new happens? Why do we always have to keep going back and, and just rehashing things that are in the past? Well, for me, number one, we have a new generation coming up. And I think they should know what happened in the past with their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents to understand why some people are so angry now because there hasn't been any, uh, I'll say it hasn't been fixed or attempt to be fixed. I mean, you, we, we can't go back to the 1968s. Because everybody didn't accept those changes then. Hmm. And so some of it carried on the traditional way for so long. Now, it's true, some people have died out. But still, you have families training their children as they were taught mm-hmm. to repeat history. Right. And that's, that's for me, like my son... My, you know, my children, I have to tell them what happened. This stems from here, and it's still continuing now. And that's why so many people are upset, because there has not been an actual change. Hmm. So the past is relevant for those that don't know anything about the past. Right. Yeah. I think part of it is, you know, <clears throat> seeing the frequency of it, you know, seeing that and even, you know, sometimes, you know, we tend to think of the past as, you know, longer ago than the past really is. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's stuff that that still took place in this last century yes. from the beginning to the end of it mm-hmm. that where there were still problems, um, you know. Um, and I think for me, that's been something that looking at the past and realizing that even in my own lifetime, there have been some things that have happened that shocked me. You know, I, I reading, uh, what was it, Just Mercy and mm-hmm. the, the Sun Does Shine and realizing how recent past that stuff is. Um, and and then looking a little further back and realizing, oh, well, there are incidences before that. And, you know, and two, a lot of, there are things that that stem from, things in the past. And, you know, I think a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's like, well, that happened in the past. You know, there are some big events and things that happened in the past. And to some people, it's just, well, it's just the past. But those events affected the people, especially those that the events happened to. Yes. Which affected then them and, and how even they might have raised their children. And, yes. And how, you know, they perceived things and, and, how they how they lived, yes. Which then affected the next generation and, and the yes. next generation, and you know sometimes we we need to look forward and not like let the past overwhelm us. But there's 
also a need to look at the past to learn from it, to see what needs to be changed. And two, even to look at it and see what has changed. Okay. So some things have changed. You know, you, there's, you know, you can look at the bad things in history and I can anyway, and, and almost feel overwhelmed by it and just feel a little bit hopeless at times. So I think it's important, you know, to look at that side of it so that I can learn from it though. And then, but also look at, oh, some things have changed. There have been some improvements made. These people were fought for this and were able to make this change. And, you know, now we're where we're at and we see these issues taking place. And so now we need to fight for this change. You know, the reality is that as long as we live in this world, there's going to be injustice that needs that needs to be fought. Yeah. And I think about it in these terms that you know, if you go see the doctor, what do you got to fill out while you're in the waiting room? You got to go through all this paperwork and there's always a questionnaire of, have you ever had this? Have you ever had this? Have you ever had this? Has anybody in your family Mm -hmm. ever had this? Right. Yeah. Because those things will inform the doctor, you know, about flags that maybe what we're looking at today might be related to some of these things from the past, you know? And, and it's just like, you know, if you, if you've, ever had cancer, mm-hmm. that's going to be something that they look into with anything that's happening in the future, because it is something that's a part of your past. That's true. And and I think that, you know, racism was kind of a cancer for our society for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And to not acknowledge that and not remember that would be, you know, I think irresponsible. We, we wouldn't be able to fully acknowledge what's going on right now and understand it if we didn't acknowledge that there is a, a right. past history that we have to reckon with. Right. Where these these things that we're dealing with now, in, in, in some sense, stemmed from those things. And it carried over. Um, I think what a lot of people are not actually getting, well, racism doesn't exist. That's because you haven't experienced the racism or you haven't witnessed yeah. The racism. Right. And, and when you try to tell someone that, oh, it still doesn't exist. Okay. It goes back to you haven't witnessed it or you haven't experienced it. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this for black people or Hispanics or stuff. I'm just like, okay, we everybody know we black, y'all are white. Yeah. So and just like if I went somewhere and we and you went with us to a predominantly black festival or something like that, then somebody starts saying things racially slurring to y'all. Right. You know, I be done stepped in because it's wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, but some people are like that. Absolutely. You know, they they brought up like that. Um, they were taught to hate a particular race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were taught that. I wasn't taught that. I wasn't either. But but we experienced those things. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and that's kind of like me growing up. I I wasn't taught to hate anyone. You know, as I think I said last time that you just you're friends to anyone. You know, mm-hmm. as if the the color of their skin doesn't matter. That's that's you treat people for who they are as a person without any regard to what they look like. And, and so when it comes to you know, finding that out that there are people that really do still have 
very strong racial bias, biases, I'm just really surprised by it. It, it catches me off guard more often than it should. Um, but it, it is out there. And I think that that's a, another reason that we look back at history because we look at current situations. We've got to acknowledge there was a time where this was much more widespread. Mm-hmm. And because it was so much more widespread, we have to look at this. Is this still connected to that? You know, it, and, and that's one of the things, you know, that people say, well, if the headline just read, you know, cop kills man and they took white and black out of the sentence, then it, it wouldn't be such a, a huge issue. But the media. Right. <laughs> and and, and it, I mean, I think that there's some truth to that, that the media, you know, likes to overblow things and they like to, you know, get all the clicks and all the attention on their news coverage so that because I mean, that's they're in the business to sell advertising. Yes. And so they get more advertising when they have more views. They get more views when they put sensational uh, headlines out. But even still, if we're going to be completely honest and we're going to look at every situation with a with a eyes wide open, you know, just like that doctor, he's got to keep in mind, oh, this is a patient who once had cancer. And, and, and we are a nation that once was very steeped in racism. Yes, yeah. And so... We, we've got to be aware of that right. so that if that's an right. issue, we can root it out. Yeah, you're that's looking right. for it. You're watching for it. I mean, just like you would if someone had previously had cancer, or even if, you know, certain types of cancer are, it, it, they're on the look for it, even if it was the, a parent or some other relative that, that had it because they, it's kind of have some, it might be you hereditary. Know, hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I, I can see that very clearly that, you know, I mean, it, racism um, is still going to, there's a, you know, wanting to still rear its head. And so, you know, we've got to be careful about it and, and look, you know, how we handle situations. You know, I, I have people who, who, who don't, I mean, in my life who truly don't believe that racism exists anymore. Um, and, and again, it's, I'm like, it's because they personally have not experienced and they've never seen anybody else experience it, but they've also not been in situations where it would be experienced. Um, correct. And everybody's experience in this world is different. I mean, we have, we have eight children, but, and, and even though we're teaching them and raising them a certain way, all eight of our children have a different perspective. Oh, yeah. They even have a different perspective on how things go in our home, mm-hmm. you know, and different things happen to them, which affect them, you know, differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's the, the true for a family that, uh, that lives together, then why wouldn't it be true for people who, you know, just live in the world together. They're going to have different experiences. And for, for someone who's never experienced any racism or seen it happen in front of them, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of, I feel a little, um, naive, naive to hear anybody else's story of it and say, Oh, well that must not be true because I just don't, I've never seen it before, you know? Um, and I think, I think most people in our world will admit that hate exists. Um, And so if hate still exists, why isn't there a chance that racism 
still exists because it it's ultimately it's hate mm-hmm. against a particular a form of hate group yeah. of people. Yeah. You are correct. Sometimes it can be based on misconceptions that they've uh, been taught or how they perceived a situation and it wasn't that way. Or sometimes, you know, things have happened to that person at the hands of someone else. Mm-hmm. And it, it was legitimately, mm-hmm. you know, this person doesn't like me simply because I look a certain way. Well, and I mean, honestly, we all have some sort of preconceived ideas about other people at some point in our lives, whether we realize it or not, you know, as simple as someone who is, you know, maybe has a tattoo or, you know, has different colored hair or beards, beards, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there are, you know, different things that we look at people and just kind of make assumptions. Um, sometimes subconsciously without us realizing it, you know, like I even it, JP's, a bigger guy with the beard and everything like that. And our kids have never been afraid of him because he's their daddy. But we have other friends and family in our lives that, you know, their children haven't been around a big guy like mm-hmm. him. And so sometimes they're a little standoffish. Like, I don't, I don't know about this big guy, you know? I mean, and there's not anything wrong with that. They're, you know, but it is, it's just, it's very easy for us to look at someone else who is either different than what we're used to in some way or some fashion and see them. Um, well, I think intimidation has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and plus, if you're not used to being around a particular person, mm-hmm. regardless of color. Right. I mean, you automatically going to sit I'm like, um, I know how I am. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, don't look right. <laughs> he doesn't look right. She doesn't look right. So I, I, I have been guilty of that. Right. And, you know, um, so regardless of color. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, if you look. Well, it, I think I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, you know, in and of itself. Like, right. like I, mean, I don't think we should feel guilty about that because there's some self-preservation involved. In it that. sure yeah, that's is. Right. That's true. I'm just saying that. You know, it's it's sort of it's in us to do that. It's in us to size up a situation sometimes yes. and see yeah. what we feel like we're dealing with. And some people are more inclined to size up a situation or a person a certain way based on their own personal experiences in the past or based on something they've heard before or what they've been taught or whatever. And, you know, again, there's not necessarily something wrong with that mm-hmm. until it becomes a thing where it it starts to, you know, put up walls in relationships or prevent you from being able to um, be kind. Show yourself friendly, you know? And I think that that that's one of the things that comes up whenever we start talking about history is there was a time where those ideas and those feelings became something much more severe, you know, where it, it became an oppressive response in order to deal with the fears that they were feeling. That's true. And so, and so we've got to be aware of our history so that we can right. rightly process and right. rightly, you know, correct yeah. anytime that those, those kinds of things start to creep up. We've got to be on top of it so that it doesn't become something greater. Again, yeah. So, that, yeah, we're not making the same mistakes. mistakes. I, you know, I, I once heard someone say, never forget to remember. I don't want to get to go back to where 
people of a different color can't speak to another color. Yeah. You know, that was terrible back then. The stuff I used to listen to from our great aunties and, you know, uh, like a white woman couldn't wave at a white man across the street just to, if she knew him or she worked for him, you know, things yeah. like that. She still couldn't wave and say, hey, you know, they would automatically assume that she was trying to uh, get him killed, mm. lure him off to get him killed by other black people. Mm. Same thing for a white man. I mean, black man. A black man couldn't wave at a white woman. Right. You know, or even look. They wouldn't even lie to even look at a white woman. Right. Or they wouldn't even lie to look at another white man. They have to, if they pass by another white man, they have to lure their head, you yeah. know, until they got to where they was going. Right. Yeah. You know, and then I, I mentioned the Port Arthur, Texas deal back in 1919 where, you know, the guy was just smoking and the, the cigarette smoke, you know, landed on a white woman passing by in the streetcar. You know, and <laughs> they're, they're, that created a, a riot all by itself, just from cigarette smoke. Mm. You know, you can smoke around white people. Right. So, I mean, little stuff like that, people don't look at those little things, but I look at those little things. Because if it, if it goes back, hopefully it does not, because it's, right now it's so messed up, you don't know where it's going right now. Right. But I look at those little things and we don't we don't need to go back to that. Yeah. And we're not our we're not our ancestors. So I'm not going to sit back and, and allow myself to be told what to do in that area. Yeah. Right. So I'm one of those like, oh, you just going to live and let die. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. There's no way I'm going to walk past y'all and not be able to say, hey, right. that's right. not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's the thing is we have made progress, you know, in, in, in regards to, you know, the laws are different now than they mm -hmm. were back then. You know, we've gotten rid of the, the, the biases and the, you know, that's why it always ends with equal housing lender, mm -hmm. you know, on all the banking commercials and stuff like that is because we've, we've made some corrective measures. You know, the reality is though, we still have to acknowledge the past because those things that were not right until, I mean, the late sixties, you know, and some things that continued on even mm -hmm. into the, you know, eighties and nineties, uh, yes. you know, as, as the, you know, the war on war on crime and war on drugs and all that stuff kind of came down it, as we acknowledge those things, it has affected kind of where people stand today. And, and the reality is that people are still, you know, suffering the consequences of, you know, decisions we were employing way back when we've talked to, uh, some of our parents and, and, you know, older friends and things like that about stuff that they've seen. And, and you know, like housing, for example, I was talking to my mom about it. I grew up and, you know, I was born into a house that my parents owned, you know, in suburban Houston area. And I, um, and, and I grew up and my expectation was that whenever I was ready to start my family, we would own a home. That was just my expectation, you know, Renting houses and, and, you know, paying rent to an apartment. That was what young people did. And that's what young married couples did. But whenever it was time to have kids, you were supposed to buy a house. That was the expectation. And because that's what I grew up in. And, you know, looking back at some of the history, you know, we see that there, there were 
there was a time not that long ago where that was not an option for a young black couple. Uh-uh. No. You know, where the only neighborhood that they were allowed to live in was not approvable by the home loan associations. Correct. You know, the, Slum. The, the people who were making processing mortgages and things, they would not give them a mortgage for the neighborhood that they were allowed to live in. Now, they might have been wealthy enough and, and you know earning enough income that they could afford a mortgage, but because of the neighborhood, they we had all these red lines and, and yes. where they had zoned it off, and it's like, you can't live in that neighborhood. And yes. realtors would lose their license if they gave, uh, a, if they showed a house even mm-hmm. to a, a, a black family yeah. in a white neighborhood. And so they didn't have the option to own a home and then therefore they didn't have the option to build wealth the way that their you know contemporary white yeah peers peers yeah. And, and and so they they weren't allowed to to do what you know those other families were allowed to do and so it kind of i heard somebody explain it as a game of monopoly have you heard that analogy it's like we play monopoly in three rounds mm-hmm. and in round round 3 we're playing with normal monopoly rules everything's open game and everything's fair but back in round 1 well you know the the white player is on, is allowed to do anything that's normal but the the black player can only stop on certain properties and and they're only allowed to buy one property one of any mm-hmm. of any group they can't buy the whole block mm-hmm. you know and they they're not allowed to build houses they're not allowed to do this they're they they don't collect two hundred dollars when they pass go you know and if they land on another property that they're not allowed to land on they go directly to jail, jail all that stuff and it's like well now we have fixed it you know in round two maybe we lessen the rules you know we we make it a little bit more fair in round three finally the rules are fair but by then they're the game affected. is set yeah, they're still, they're still affected by the yeah you know and and all that past, in the past here this player's been able to gain you know thousands and thousands of dollars. Because they were allowed to buy the properties and pass go and collect two hundred dollars mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, the the other player was not allowed to accrue that kind of wealth, and so it's it's made that playing field uneven, and and we have to acknowledge that that's the case, you know we have to acknowledge that that is at least a factor in what we're seeing today, and and I I think that it's not necessarily the only answer. But it has to be considered. And, and I think whenever we start talking to people about, well, why do you keep bringing up the past? Because the past has affected the present. And if we, if we don't consider it, we, we may not make it to the future that we want. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, Keatron said the never, never forget to remember. Um, and I, I, think that that's, I think that's really important for a lot of reasons. <clears throat> I mean... For me personally, I'm not the same person that I was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've gone through some things in my life where it's like, I don't want to go back to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so looking back at that, you know, it helps me um, remember where I've come from. And in one sense, it offers me hope because I'm not the same person that I was then. But it also reminds me of what I need to do to keep moving forward. Um, and and it, it in, inspires me and gives me hope to keep moving forward because things have changed. But I also don't want to go back in that direction. So I need 
to continue to do the things I know that are going to lead in the direction that I want to go. But, you know, um, you were talking about housing. I know mm, one, two, three, four couples who have purchased homes in a predominantly white neighborhood. And out of two, two of those couples, they came home from work one day and they had racial slurs written on the side of their house and black paint and on the garage door, you know, and get out of this neighborhood, you know, stuff like that, signs. Yeah. And, and, it, and how long ago was this? Eight and nine years ago. Yeah. This is eight and nine years ago. And the other one, they moved out. They moved three years ago. So, because something happened to their house. Um, somebody chunked bricks through the windows. Um, and then the other couple had to get the, the bars on their windows and their doors, you know, to keep rocks from being chunked in, you know, the brick rocks and stuff like that. Um, the garage door was, uh, somebody had rammed into the garage with their vehicle. Mm-hmm. So they had started putting up cameras right. outside to catch. And then one, the other couple, the, uh, the couple that moved three years ago, yeah, the couple that moved three years ago, they had a camera out. And the camera caught the license plate number of the the perpetrators. Right. But they didn't see the perpetrators, but they got the license plate number of the perpetrator. Right. But they still didn't do anything to the person that was driving the car at that time. Yeah. So that prompted them to move. Right. I, I was talking to somebody the other day about it and, uh, you know, he was working for his dad and his dad was building houses and someone hired him, you know, a, a black guy hired him to build a house and they had framed, they, they had started work, done the foundation, were framing up the walls of the house. And all of a sudden the, the homeowners association came in and was like, no, you've got to stop. <laughs> and he said, why? Well, you don't have a permit. I said, well, what are you talking about? I've been this, this, you know, builder mm-hmm. had been building houses in this community for years. And he was like, I, I'm not doing anything different than I've always done. Why, why do I, what's this about? And come to find out it was the, you know, the all white mm-hmm. board of the housing de- development was like, no, we don't want a black family moving in here. And, and, you know, this is, this is after the laws have been passed, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's the, the reality is that even though, you know, the laws got better, it didn't, you can't, you can't legislate morality. You can't legislate the way people think. Correct. And while the laws are right, it doesn't mean that the, the ideology and the thoughts have gone away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that it's getting better. I feel like it is getting better because I think with each generation that passes, you know, the, the, yes. the more normal it is mm-hmm. to cross those kinds of racial lines. And I think we're seeing that, but I think we, we can't lose the history that there is a reality that at one time, you know, things were yeah. very different than they are today. Yeah. Well, and just again, that, that idea of remembering it because we don't ever want to repeat it. Correct. Um, you know, acknowledging it because we don't want it to become the norm again. Um, I, I think those are really, really important things. Um, 
you know, another thing as far as I know that for me, when I got to college, I was shocked in my college history class because it was like throughout my, you know, public school career, elementary through, through high school, I was, I was taught a clean cut version of history, you know, um, you might say whitewashed, uh, whitewashed version. Um, there was, you know, in everything that we were taught, there was always, it was, it was always cut and dry. Good side. There was always a good side. There was always a bad side and you never, you know, I learned in college, I was like, oh, maybe that good, the thing I would decide that I thought was taught was so good. Maybe they weren't so good. Maybe they did some things they shouldn't have. And then sometimes it was a situation where it was like, maybe the bad side wasn't as bad as I thought they were. Now, there were some situations where it was pretty accurately Mm -hmm. taught, but there were others where it wasn't, you know, and things were not discussed and talked about. You know, we, we were, we were taught, um, you know, I guess pride in the founding of our country, which there were some ugly things that happened in the founding of this country. It was, you know, a, a, it was. A, you know and, and there were bad things that happened. Um, and a lot of that's just not talked about, you know, we're, we're kind of given a certain version of, of history, um, growing up and as we're being taught that, that's true. Um, and so I think sometimes that's even more reason as an adult, um, to go back and remind ourselves of the history. And the other thing is, I mean, honestly, it's been however many years since I was in high school. I don't really want to say the number there, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember a lot of the things that I learned. I, I think sometimes everybody just needs a refresher course of, of the events of history. You know, like I still hear, I'll hear a term and I'm like, Oh, I've heard that before. I know I've heard about that, but I don't remember exactly what happened. And a lot of times it prompts me to go look it up and find out the facts and everything. Um, but it, you know, it's important for us to take a, a look back every once in a while at our history and see, you know, r- remind ourselves of, of what happened. And then, you know, for me, just kind of reminding myself of some of the new truths I learned later in life. Um, and, and even still now things, events that we weren't talking we were not ever taught everything that happened in our history. I mean, Correct. you can't, you can't teach all of history No. in, you know, much. and so there's always something to be learning from history. There's always some event that you haven't heard about that, you know, might be beneficial to know about. Um, and as you know, we homeschool our children and that's something that I've enjoyed in teaching them history is that, I've been able to teach them history differently than the way that I learned it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been able to talk about multiple sides of a situation instead of just one clear cut right and wrong side of a situation. You know, there talk about all the factors that played into it and that talking about the way that people walked through his history, you know, um, I think too, sometimes we're, we're taught history typically in the public school system through textbooks, which presents facts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not taught the stories of the people who walked through it. The meat so of it. It's easy to separate it and say from, you know, from feeling human, you know, these are the facts that we know about this event that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we might actually go and read a biography of someone who lived at that time or even a fictional story that's just set in that time, but based on fact. Right. And it helps 
us see the humanity, the, the what people were walking through as they lived it out. And that, you know, it's not just this clear cut thing. Those people, just like we're walking through the time period we live in right now and we're processing it and trying to figure out how we should respond to things. Everybody has done that throughout history. When they were walking through history, it wasn't history. I mean, it was their present, present. everyday life, yes, what yes. they were walking through. It wasn't clear cut and dry. It was emotional and it was, you know, there were things that impacted them and, and things that they had to walk through. And we just, a lot of times we just don't look at history that way and realize those people were real. Those people yeah. were human beings walking through life, yes, experiencing it like I'm experiencing my life right now. Right. You know, just for an example, the only thing that we hear negative about George Washington in school is that he cut down his father's cherry tree or something like that. Yeah, yeah I've heard that before. You know, yeah. and, and but he couldn't tell a lie, so he didn't lie about it or something. Right, right. Or was that a? I no. get them mixed up. You know, yeah, Abraham I think it was George, Lincoln. I, no, but, it might have been Abraham Lincoln. I he can't said, "I cannot now. tell." Anyway, we get all this stuff mixed up because we hear these stories. But I mean, at the same time, I heard that story when I was in first grade. I mean, you can't talk to me in first grade and I get the nuance of the weight of the very first president of the United States. Right. I mean, right. there's no way that I could put myself in those shoes at that age. And I mean, even now, you know, I don't know what it was like to be in that position, you know, and George Washington, I was reading his, uh, uh, his farewell address that he gave whenever he, he finally stepped aside to let the next president become president you know, and he said of himself, there, there have probably been a lot of errors that I have made along this journey. And he's, I mean, he just basically says, I hope that history will look favorably upon me, mm. you know, and, and kind of overlook all of my errors and see my service for my country, you know, and I'm terribly paraphrasing it, but it's really powerful because he, it, you see the humanity in that moment, mm. you know, that, this was a person who was just trying to figure it out as they went, you know, and he was just trying to do the best he could at, with the ideals that he had been, had, he had been raised in and, and then to do his very best to, to kind of set the country on the right path. Uh, and, you know, it had to have been a, an enormous challenge. And so I think that we tell these stories and that we tell a history so that we remember yeah, you know, we've been trying to figure this out for a long time. Yeah. And and I think that telling these these very personal stories even that people share, you know, I've experienced this or I've experienced that. I remember when my uncle did this, you know, I think that those stories give us a sense of the reality that a lot of people have walked through. And I think that it helps us to understand the current situation and the reaction to the current situation in a way that that is helpful for moving forward. So Tina, I've, I've heard you say before, um, you know, you just need to read your history. Like there've been people that you've had conversations with and they want to ignore, they want to downplay this or that. And they, you just are like, all right, if you're not going to read your history, then we're not going to get any further than this. And so when you think about that and, and those interactions that you've had, what, what kind of story do they need to be looking at? What, what kind of history? Um, and and it, let's think about it in terms of 
for anybody who's listening, what would we want to encourage people, you know, in our current situation to go back and look at? Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people had have heard of the Black Wall Street by now, but look deeper into it, not just what the news media is broadcasting out on Black Wall Street. Right. I spoke to a relative and her granny was, you know, telling her stuff like, you know, they shut the fire department down, you know. They told him to go home because they knew something was about to go down. And yeah. this is someone in your family who lived in the area? In Oklahoma, near Tulsa. Okay. And so I've spoken with her several times when I used to go up there with my uncle. So people, I mean, they knew something was about to happen. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, then some of the police officers were, were involved in that. You know, they handed out some of the guns and the, the whips, the chains, the, the bombs. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially the bricks. Yeah. You know, they handed out the guns. They so-called deputized some, some of the people to make it legal. Right. Um, and, and what I was told, now this is from, you know, history coming down. You, you even had white people coming to shop mm-hmm. in the black part of town. And so the white part of town was losing money. Right. Because there was competition. Because it was, it was competition. You go to the feed store, you will see some white people at the feed store in that neighborhood buying feed, where they should have been buying feed across town. Right. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just, yes, it was racially motivated, but they was also looking at the money. Mm-hmm. The money was leaving out of their neighborhood and coming to I'll say our, our yeah. side of town. You know, yeah. you can't see me wiping my skin, but it's the brown side. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Black Wall Street was racially motivated, but they could not. I don't think a lot of them couldn't stand the fact that they was cre- they were creating wealth among their se- themselves, and they couldn't handle that. They didn't want them to be on the same. I say the same scale as they were. Right. They didn't want them to be richer than they were. They didn't want them to have as many assets as they had. Yeah. And they say, like I said, it didn't help that, you know, some brothers from another, another mother was coming over there. Oh, y'all just a little bit cheaper mm-hmm. than over there. I'm getting my stuff here. Right. So they couldn't handle that. Yeah. So, and, you know, and she was telling me that, you know, she was saying the, I say first responders back then, some of them were leaving and going in the opposite direction. So she knew something then was about to go down. And after the truck started coming in like a convoy, some was on, some was on foot, some was on a couple of horses, she said. Right. And then the other ones, are, they were in vehicles. and But it was, it was a lot of them on foot because they were walking with chains and bricks and, and uh, firebombs. Yeah. Handing out firebombs at the time. Yeah. And a lot of this is documented uh, really well. Like there's, um, I was looking at it, I looked at the, the Wikipedia article. If you look at Black Wall Street on Wikipedia, you can read more about this. And then if you, if you read down, there are, you know, citations that they give, of, no. you know, you know, accounts from the, 
you know, the time whenever all this took place. Mm -hmm. And, and then other people who have written articles looking back on it, you know, historically and just kind of accounting for the history that led up to this, you know, and they, there are people who have done really thorough work looking at just the rivalry that was there. And, and because of that rivalry between the races, you know, they were looking for any reason basically to, to march into this part of town and, and burn it down. And they were, you know, they, they found a way and they kind of, you know, just like looking Nazi hit, you know, something to justify. Yeah. Hit, they, they, <clears throat> Hitler blamed the Jews for all the woes of the world. And, and so because they had done that propaganda so effectively, people were like, yeah, take them off. We don't want them here. And, and didn't stand up for them. And that, that same kind of ideology took place. You can read that in the, mm-hmm. these historical mm-hmm. contexts where they say it was that same kind of idea that we saw these problems showing up that show up in every urban setting whenever a city booms like Tulsa was booming mm-hmm. at the time. And instead of owning any of that for themselves, they just pointed at this other group and blamed them for those problems, among other things. And then it just led to... You know the the slaughter and the 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 destruction that that followed that. So yeah. I w- I would definitely encourage anybody listening if you don't know about Black Wall Street because I didn't know about it before Tina asked us. You know if we had heard of it, and so we we read about it then, and and I've read a little bit more uh, even since then. So I, I would definitely say mm-hmm. that that is a a valuable piece of history that I never heard about until recently. And then years ago. Um, me and a friend of mine, we, we went to Slocum area. And so we, we tracked down two people and they, and they just so happened to be on the outskirts seeing them coming in before that slaughter happened. Yeah. And they witnessed some of it because some of them, one of them had just left his house to go down the road to the pond. So, and, and they hit his house. And if he had been there, he would have been, you know, dick killed too. Right. But when he got there, it was, he said it was just blood everywhere. And when he went down the street to the other houses, you could see some of the houses burning, um, blood on the porches. Um, you know, there was one lady, she was hanging out of the window. You know, the, 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 the window pad, uh, pane of the glass breaks. So she would land on the glass of the window. That was Slocum, Texas, right? Well, yes, yeah, Slocum, yes. Yeah. The one where me and my friend went. Yeah, that was Slocum. Yeah. And, and that I, was. I think getting those personal stories, I think, is a, a really important part of, of making that history more relatable, you know, because you hear that the human side of this, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just a list of facts, you know, when you. You get lost in the, you know, nine square miles of city mm-hmm. blocks. You know, that doesn't mean as much to us until you hear their stories about, you know, it was my house. It was my uncle's hardware store, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, that diving into that personal aspect of it, I think is, is an important part of the exercise too. And, and some people just don't understand, you know, the, like we said earlier, the past still affects people. Cause like from what happened, for instance, what happened there, they don't trust anybody of a different color. Right. Cause they think everybody is the same. Yeah. But I didn't experience that, but they experienced it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, so, and so it's easier to understand where they're coming from. And it's, and because you understand where they're coming from, you, you can approach that with a little more humility mm-hmm. and, and just acknowledging history, I think does a whole lot to, to heal some of this. I think sometimes we, without realizing it, we're just so interested in what's on going on in, in our own little world that we're not interested in hearing anybody else's story. Uh, yeah, but I love them. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it's real easy for us to get, especially in the world we live in today, we get focused on what we're doing and accomplishing what we want to accomplish. And we tend to just overlook other people and their stories. Um, and I think, I think too, it's important for us to, to offer grace and remember, you know, not everybody has had the same life that I've had. Not everybody has had the same experiences I've had. And, and to realize that, you know, if someone is treated a particular way often enough by whatever situation or person, you know, they're going to have struggles to overcome and I need to offer grace as they overcome them and work through them. Yeah. So for homework, what we're assigning then is we're saying that, uh, you know, it's valuable to read stories that you haven't read yet, you know, and to understand where people are coming from. And so we highly recommend reading up on Black Wall Street and Slocum, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even Port Arthur, Texas, you know, just right down the road, too. So, yeah, I mean, stuff like that. I, and I know that Wikipedia has an article for both of the Black Wall Street and the Slocum Massacre, I think is how it's mm-hmm. listed on there on Wikipedia. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure the Port Arthur thing is there as well. But and and then dive into those things and then look for those personal stories. We thank everybody for listening. If you have anything that you want to reach out to us about, again, we have a email address set up. We should talk at ghff.net. We'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. If there's other things that you think we should talk about, we would love to get those uh, insights from you. And if you have a, a particular question about race and you really don't feel like you have another outlet to ask that question, we'd be glad to discuss it. Of course, we won't mention your name unless you really want us to. And uh, we'll, we'll try to keep everything anonymous so that you can ask whatever question you want to ask. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon for another conversation on We Should Talk. 